0: Hi everybody, welcome to Artifice episode 58. I'm super excited today because Masks is out officially. It's been out for a few days, so um, go and listen to it. It's on Spotify, it's on Apple Music, it's on Pandora, it's everywhere. Um, You can just obviously type in my name, Emily Merrill, and Masks, and you will find it. And please, 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 please let me know what you think of it. Um, I would love to hear from you. Um, So today's episode is the second in the North Texas series, and for this episode, I interviewed my friend William Flynn, who is a fantastic guitar player. Um, I had some issues with the Zoom per per usual, I guess. It's usual now. Um, you can hear William really pretty well. Um, but my voice occasionally gets a little like garbly. Um, but I think you can still hear all of the important parts of the interview. Um, the most important part obviously is everything William is saying. So, um, so his, his voice comes through pretty clear, I think throughout, um, I think that's all that I need to say. Um, there are going to be two more episodes in the North Texas series and then hopefully um, I can be back to like normal-ish um, for June. So I'm going to read you William's bio now. Described as playing a mean guitar by the Wichita Eagle, William Flynn is a Kansas based jazz guitarist and educator currently serving as director of jazz studies at Wichita State University. William is a first call guitarist in the Wichita area, regularly appearing as both a leader and a sideman at local clubs and festivals. Equally accomplished and respected as an educator, William has taught and presented at conferences and universities around the country, and is the co-author of Mel Bay's 2016 publication, Jazz Guitar Duets. William holds a Bachelor of Music degree in Jazz Studies from Capital University in Columbus, Ohio, and a Master of Music degree from the University of North Texas, where he held a position as a graduate teaching fellow. As a member of the One O'Clock Band, he can be heard on the album Lab 2012. In his position at Wichita State University, William teaches applied guitar and jazz improvisation and directs both the Jazz Arts Ensemble 2 and the Guitar Ensemble. Okay, everybody, without further ado, here's William. Sometimes art feels like magic, pure, visionary. And sometimes it's brought to you in part by focus groups and algorithms. And the makers of art are no different. We're creatives, sure, but we're also salespeople. We need imagination and imitation. We need deep, meaningful connections, but we also have to network. Yep, even if you're an introvert. And that's my point. Balancing vulnerability with veneer is tricky, and it's a struggle we don't often share. So let's share. I'm Emily Merrill, and this is Artifice. Today's episode of Artifice is brought to you by The Voice Straw. Back in episode 36, I interviewed Justin Timberlake's voice teacher, the amazing Mindy Pack. Mindy just launched this incredible new product designed to improve the quality of singing and vocal performance through science and proper technique. The Voice Straw is a vocal training tool for singers, actors, and speakers. It helps relieve tension, strain, breathiness, cracking, and flipping in the voice. Scientifically shown to improve singing technique, a must-have tool for anyone looking for vocal success. Head to www.voicestraw.com and enter promo code ARTIFICE10, that's all caps A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E 1-0 for 10% off your purchase today.
1: And that's why I'm never really identified as that. It's just like, it's like what I do, you know? Like I just love, um, I just love making stuff, you know? It's like, and this has been hard. Like I definitely went through like a month period in this quarantine stuff of just like like not doing anything, you know, <laughs> but it 's like, man, I feel like people that like to create stuff were just like cockroaches, you just like can 't kill us, you know, I
2: know. so it's like, okay. go ahead
1: uh, yeah, so i 'm like kind of coming out of that, and it 's like man okay like i 'm getting restless, like let me do some stuff, like let me start writing some tunes, let me start doing x, y, and z, let me start exploring. Mm-hmm this is like, we were just talking about like software stuff that I've never really been able to wrap my head around. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I feel like you could just like stick a create someone that likes to create, you could just like stick them on a desert island. and it's
0: Actually, like, actually I, I, I was just talking about this with, um, the last person that I interviewed before, Catherine, um, mm-hmm. about how, like, I, I kind of think like the longer I've been doing this podcast, that there, there are two separate kinds of things. There's like, there's like a natural inclination toward, like, art maybe, or like, you know, I think people use different like vocabulary for these kinds of things, and then there's just right. this like, I don't know, some kind of a stubborn determination to just make things.
1: Yeah, 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 right, right. Um, which
0: I I think I'm like that too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: versus like like I don't I don't think I was like a supernaturally gifted child in any way. Yeah. But I was, I
1: was yeah. Not at all,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a cool thing.
0: So, um, okay. So you started playing trumpet in the second grade. The second grade how yeah. did that happen? Like, you know, how did you choose trumpet or like what what was going on?
1: Sure. Yeah. So my dad played trumpet and guitar, and that's kind of how I got into both of those instruments. Um, I didn't, I mean, music was. I didn't necessarily grow up in like a super, I didn't grow up in a musical family in the same way that some people did in the in the sense, like both their parents were musicians, like professional musicians, you know? Um, but both my parents weren't into music. They're both played in bands. You know, my dad played trumpet and, and guitar. He was still playing those instruments when I was, you know, a kid so long after high school band and all that kind of stuff. Um, And yeah, music was just always around, you know. Uh, My dad went through a phase where he was like collecting a bunch of jazz records. He was super into collecting jazz records. So that was cool, like growing up, like once I finally got into jazz, it was cool, like putting, like connecting the dots and being like, oh man, like this is supposedly like a super significant, awesome jazz album. And like, my dad has that CD and it's been like playing in the background for years. And I just never really like realized that, you know? So yeah, so the music was always around, but it's not like I was in like a family of like, you know, super musical, like professional musician family, you know? So, so that's how I um, settled on trumpet. And I don't know why, but when I was pretty young, I mean, second grade, that's pretty young to be like, I don't want to play trumpet, really? you know? Yeah, but I got into that and then got into guitar around like 10 or so, like fifth grade ish, I guess. Okay, cool. um, and then yeah. Okay, so
0: um, so yeah, I, I normally like I I like to talk with people about like their, their childhood years like before junior high because I think like that's when for a lot of kids your creativity is kind of the most like unattached to value.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, which
0: is why I think it's important to start there. And and so often when I'm talking to professional artists, they'll be like, well, I wasn't really good at anything. I'm just like a duh. <laughs> like, of
2: course. Yeah, right, right.
0: But that's that's why I like because I think I think it's the it's the it's where you we see the first origins of like curiosity, that kind of like impetus to make things, like all that stuff that like now enables you to be a professional musician like starts when you're a kid.
1: Totally, Um, totally.
0: And I think that's when you start maybe sometimes forming some mythologies about like what it means to be an artist. Um, You know, you maybe are getting attention from adults in ways that start to form your identity. So before we move into like middle school years um, where maybe you're starting to like develop skills in a different way, Anything else right, right. you want to say about like your relationship with creativity or art or like any of those kind of principles from your childhood?
1: Sure, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to like, I mean, so, like, I don't feel like I was like a naturally gifted like musician, you know, XYZ. Like, I've, I've very specifically remember like the process of of like learning that skill set but yeah just like the whole thing about like being curious and like wanting to create stuff like i don't know like i don't know how it started and i don't I, it's hard to like articulate my relationship with it yeah. but yeah. i've just always been um i was like a pretty hyper kid i like to make people laugh i mean i still do um but yeah i was just always like interested in making stuff like it, like the process of the process of creation was always fascinating you know and i guess i've never really talked about about that but i guess it's weird for me to not identify as a creative person and then like say stuff like that you know <laughs> it's weird.
0: but it's so common I and mean, it's because like when you have that you totally take it for granted and Mm -hmm. you know talked about this a bunch but like the longer i do this podcast the more that i think i realize that the reason i'm interested in it is because i have a lot of like people in my life that i think aren't that creative and i know that they like assume that creativity is some kind of like i know that their assumptions about it are wrong
1: sure yeah yeah
0: and so i think like if i can talk to enough artists about like what is it like for you? Um, maybe we can kind of like discover something.
1: Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely like a muscle that gets stronger the more you exercise it. You know, because it's like there's that feeling. There's that feeling when you like start to make something, and like regardless of what it is, you know, um, and then you just like you're like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like you start to to kind of see where things are going you start to like put the pieces of the process together and you're like, okay, like this was a thing in my head and I can see where it can go and how I can take something that was an idea in my head and like actually like create something. Totally, And that's such a cool process. Like once you start the ball rolling down that it's like one of the greatest feelings in the world. Even if it's something just as like, just some something to, like totally simple. I mean, it's not like mm-hmm. sitting down and like writing a symphony, you know. Just that process of like taking something abstract in your head and turning it into something like tangible.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and you get, I mean, you get. It's I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you get better at it the more you do it. But like you get, like you get more addicted to that that feeling, that process, the more you do it, and it's easier for you to like slip into that, into that headspace, because you're like, oh, like, I recognize this feeling. Totally. Like, I'm about totally. to make something, you know.
0: I fully agree. Um, do, I have one more question about like your childhood years. Um, yeah. Did you feel like, like, do you, do you recall um, applying creativity in like any abstract ways? Like, how maybe how you were thinking about like, you personal things, or I know, like, it's young for a child, but.
1: Yeah, sure. Hmm. That's a good question.
0: Because I think a lot of people get stuck there thinking that, like, creativity has to be, like, making something. Right. And I, I right. know that, like, as creatives, it's more than that. Like, you know, you I'm, like, as a teacher, you're thinking creatively about just <laughs> topics. Um, yeah. And so I, I like to try to catch the like beginning of that too.
1: Yeah. And that's, as I was saying some of that earlier, I was like specifically trying to avoid sounding like I was talking about creation just in like uh like making what we like doing the air quotes, like think about as art, you know, because it's like, there's so much more than that, but man, I can't think of a specific
0: Especially so as a child, you maybe don't need to be thinking abstractly about those things, but, um,
1: I, it definitely like goes into like how you, it definitely like informs how you interact with the world. I, think I mean, I think it does. I mean I, I mean, I can't think of like exactly how, I think sometimes you
0: sometimes know. it's maybe just like, you know, um, like, I feel like I, You know I have the privilege of teaching children and I feel like every once in a while I you know I'll teach a child that like I can tell that they can think creatively about like their future like they can imagine a future for themselves that isn't like their parents
1: right right
0: small things
1: yeah exactly man
0: I would even say it's it's creative it's creative thinking to like you know, be exploratory as a child, like to think to yourself, like maybe there's a different genre of books I might like, you know?
1: Right, right, yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know.
0: I like <laughs> as you're drawing, to think like, you know, to have the thought of like, well, maybe now I'll learn how to draw like this other thing, even though I've been only drawing mermaids.
1: Right, yeah, yeah.
0: I, I would say those are kind of like, a higher level like because there's like creative skills and there's like a desire to like work on your creative skills and there's also like you know creative kind of vision of like can I imagine a thing and then do it which you were talking about Mm -hmm. and then there's maybe also like imagining the thing that you can't imagine yet you know
1: (laughs) right 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 exactly (laughs) no that totally makes sense. I'm sure that, I mean, I'm sure that happened a lot yeah. when I was a kid. Um,
0: it's, retrospect is tricky, but I like to ask people about yeah. it because even I think like, oh, totally. as you're thinking about it in the present, it's telling, you know, like kind of how you, um, how you think like, well now I this, and so back then I must have, you know?
1: Mm, oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm sure it was like, a, I'm sure it was a thing. Yeah.
0: Okay, so let's move into like, let's move into middle school. I have the assumption, that, you know, for at least like American students that around middle school is when your skills are starting to be like kind of tested and measured in different ways. So um, maybe we can just like, I'll kind of leave it open. Like, can you talk about like the process of, you know, getting your, your skills to a level that's like moving toward you know, professionalism, sure. and then, you know, because I know that you ended up as a music major, maybe also talk about like during, during you know, 13 to 18 years old, what happened to your like visual art?
1: Sure, sure. Um, yeah, I mean, so I was a good trumpet player just cause I started so young. Um, so middle school was all just me like playing trumpet. I actually wanted to be like a professional, Trumpet player. I mean, that that was my first thought about like, this is what I want to do. Or that was like my first idea of like doing something professionally, um, like turning music or like art or creation or whatever into like a profession. Like it went, that was the first time it went beyond just like, this is, this is what I do. This is cool to like, I want to turn this into a career. Um,
0: Were your parents like, Do you, did you verbalize that? And like, how was it received by adults?
1: I think so. I mean, I don't remember like really sitting my parents down and being like, I want to be a musician. What do you guys think? Let's dish, you know? (laughs) But like, um, I I don't remember ever feeling, and I'm fortunate to say like, I don't ever remember feeling any sort of like concern from my parents about like, Oh, you might not want to do this. This is, You know you should do something else instead you know um which is great and I mean I don't know maybe they had some conversations behind closed doors I'm sure they did but um yeah they were always like super I mean um, still are super supportive of all that stuff um and yeah I mean I got I got braces in high school and that I mean like playing trumpet with braces totally sucked (laughs) and I don't know what it was. I I I usually point to the braces as like kind of like the downfall of me, like being really into that because it just like I mean that was a several years of like just really sucked playing trumpet with the braces on, um, and I had a friend in middle school that was like because because I moved from Montana to South Dakota.
0: I did not move 30th. from Montana.
1: Yeah, I mean I say I'm from South Dakota because I went to like middle school and high school there and I feel like wherever you have those experiences is kind of like where you say you're from but yeah um up until up until middle school I was in Montana and I I remember picking up guitar before I moved but I didn't really like play it you know I mean after I moved I I didn't really keep playing guitar Mm -hmm. um and this kind of relates back to the whole like creation thing but it's like i had this friend that played drums and he was like didn't you say you played guitar and i was like yeah i mean i used to it's been a long time um and he was like man we should start a band <laughs> and i'm like oh cool yeah. like and then you get that like that ball starts rolling where you're like okay that's a cool idea that just got planted in my head yeah. like i can like i can see the process of like this coming to fruition like yeah. And then I got really excited about um, picking up the guitar again, you know, cause it was like, this is a cool idea. Like I can have a band with my friend. Um, so I'm going to get into guitar again. So that, that was like kind of the thing that made me like transition more into playing guitar.
0: Yeah. You needed like a project. Um,
1: and just kind of... Exactly. That's a great way to put yeah. it. You know, that's, I feel yeah. like that's where a lot of like cool stuff that people do, comes from it's like having like a project you know like okay like I have a project now like let's do this I'm
0: totally unmotivated if I don't have a project yeah it it can be like really small like my project can be like you know I like I need to make a meal plan for this week
2: yes Um, yeah
0: like it it can be stupid things but like (laughs) I yeah if I if I like I I'm not one that is gonna create stuff if I don't like, at least have an idea what the end point will be.
1: Yes, exactly. Like, I exactly. just don't,
0: I won't do it. Um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Which is why maybe I think like, when you were saying before, like you, you don't relate to this like artist thing, I think I'm the same way. I'm yeah. so creative. Like I, I I have to be creating, but it's not just like, you know, we both know people who like, it's like they live and breathe this thing, and like right. I'm so not like that. If I don't have a project, right. I can drop. I can music.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I don't.
1: Yeah, it's almost like we need to take back the artist stereotype, you know, and be like, hey, like creative people come in all shapes and sizes. You know, they're not just the the artist stereotype. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. I mean, projects are huge. I mean, having something something to do. Um, is like having a goal, coming up with something like a project or an idea that you're passionate about. Um and that's I mean, that's a great way to put it. and I never really thought of it in those terms until you just said that. But yeah, that's totally what may be like.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh man, I want to get good at guitar because I can I can start a band with my friend. So yeah.
0: how, how old were you when that when your friend proposed this band?
1: Uh eighth grade? Cool.
0: Okay. Uh, so before then when you were when you were trumpet was your main thing. Um yeah. Is there anything you want to say about like the way that maybe like your teachers or like peers were, you know, valuing your trumpet skills? Like, was that, was that starting any like narratives about how you feel about your musicianship?
1: Yeah. I mean, I was a really good trumpet player. Um, I mean, it was a small, small sample size, you know, I was like living in, um, you know, pretty small, Town in South Dakota. Well, big by South Dakota standards, but not, you know, big overall. Um, so, and I'd just been doing it for a long time. I mean, I attribute the fact that I was like a really good trumpet player. And um, I mean, I don't want to like sell short the all the practice I put in, but I had just been doing it for a long time. Like, I'd started in most people start in fifth grade. I started in second grade. So I just had a massive um, head start. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was just like super. Yeah, I mean, that was like the first time that you're talking about narratives, like based on perception, that was the first time where people were like, man, you're really good at yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't mean to say that it's like, up until that point in my life, no one ever said I was good at anything. That's kind of how that came across. Mm-hmm. But it was mm-hmm. like, it was like, okay, this is like a skill set that I've been working hard at. And I'm like, good at it. And it's like, I'm like recognizing that I'm better at all these other people at it. I'm um,
0: sorry. Go ahead.
2: Oh no no no. Go for I it.
0: like to ask people about this stuff, and you know, a lot of the people that I interview like kind of skirt skirt around the answer because they they'll be like, "Well, I try not to care what other people think," and I'm always just like, okay, hey, but your 13 year old self definitely did so." <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. Definitely. I mean, at that age. But yeah, it's,
0: it's it's worth saying because I think like these points like for better or worse, they inform like who, who we become. And for a lot of people, depending on how that kind of stuff goes, like people stop being creative, maybe sometimes.
1: Sure.
2: Sure.
0: And, you know, we, we all know stories of it going either way. Like you get a lot of praise when you're, you know, 12, 13, and suddenly like this thing that always felt like really free starts to feel kind of scary pressure
2: Uh, Um, or
0: like you start getting a lot of praise and like previously you never really felt valuable and then like it motivates you, you know? Like just, yeah. I just think exactly. it's worth asking about like what was going on with that in your, in your like fragile teenage mind.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was definitely motivating, you know, getting praise. Um, definitely like motivating to keep working at it. And it was motivating to like continue thinking of that as like a viable career path.
0: It, it you know? um. Did it do anything for like your identity? Like, again, I think as teenagers, we're so, so many of us, unless maybe you have like really, really cool parents, you are trying so hard to like put yourself into something.
1: Right. I don't know if I ever thought that. Um, yeah. I don't know if it ever like became like a, a way that i navigated like my social place or like identity in that I'm sense
0: the trumpet. i'm the trumpet guy yeah
1: i guess it i guess it kind of was yeah I, I guess i've never really thought about that but i definitely was like the the guy in band that was like the best at trumpet you know um and i guess that is what yeah i guess that is. It's kind of that was kind of an identity you know I mean like I said I still don't identify as a, I guess it's, it's like the difference between like the way that we internally the way that we ourselves identify with ourselves and the way that other people identify with us you know
0: yeah which I think does matter but, I mean even if as an adult you're like I really try not to care what people think like it 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 definitely affects you like we are social creatures so you know it affects you somehow.
1: Yeah, 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 definitely. So, okay,
0: so then you got braces and you you had to stop a little bit being the trumpet guy.
1: Yeah, it was just, I mean my it was like a combination of that and the fact that I was getting more into playing guitar, that was definitely like kind of like the the crash and burn of my of my trumpet playing to the point where in band, my let's see I played trumpet my freshman year of high school band and going into sophomore year my band director was like okay we need more tuba players more sousaphone players and I was like oh that sounds cool and that seems like it's going to be a lot more forgiving with braces because the you know the mouthpiece is just so much bigger it's not going to be because man that trumpet mouthpiece was like right on those braces it like was so painful um and so that's kind of when I like totally put aside the trumpet and I was like, I just did tuba and um, I mean, to be honest, I didn't really work at it that much. You know, it's was like, I still remember like sitting at home, like working to memorize my marching band music. And I'm like, ah, like this is such a waste of time. This is stupid. Like I'd rather be playing guitar right now. Can I just point you
0: know? out like how funny uh, it is that you thought about the tuba, that sounds cool.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah right right i mean really it was like i saw it as like a way out of of playing trump you know i kind of felt like like i had a duty to serve it's like man i have to keep playing trumpet like this is my thing i've been doing this since second grade um and like things were totally shifting around that point point. and man it's kind of weird talking about this in like such a dramatic way i'm just like you know it's like i'm just changing instantly Instruments, you know, instrumental focus, but uh, yeah, I mean, being um, being presented with the idea of like, okay, why don't you not play trumpet? Why don't you play tuba instead? So I'm like, okay, perfect. Um, this will be easy, um, and then I can just kind of play play more guitar. So that's when I really got into guitar. Yeah. Was when I kind of had this like this weight off my shoulders of like
0: yeah.
1: you know playing that instrument that I've been playing since second grade. I mean, that
0: is really interesting though, like. yeah I don't want to like project onto you but like I mean is there anything else that you want to say about that because that that feels pretty big like yeah
1: I mean it was big it was definitely like a huge shift in just in like I mean just musically you know it was like a big shift like out of like kind of the band world like kind of it was a shift out of me seeing a future in playing like a band slash orchestra instrument and a shift into me seeing a future of playing like a more like vernacular, like an instrument of for the vernacular styles, like a street urchin music, a street urchin mu- uh, instrument like electric guitar you know, which is found in, you know, rock, blues, jazz, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, that, yeah. So that was definitely a shift. I guess I didn't really, I've never really thought about that, but that is a pretty, pretty big shift.
0: Yeah, you you think, know? Like, I have several questions about like the beginning of your yeah. like dive into guitar. Um, mm-hmm. But do you think that like maybe part of it was that like that type of vernacular, like cultural stuff and even, just, you know, how we value things in more like, I don't know, soloistic endeavors. Um, Do you think it just like fit better with like your favorite types of creativity?
1: I think so. And I've never thought about that. But as you were saying that, like a bunch of stuff came into my head. And yeah, that definitely, I'm sure that definitely had a subconscious impact because it's like, The music that I was listening to and music that I was passionate about didn't involve the trumpet you know Mm -hmm. and I remember man one of my first like favorite favorite albums was that first Cranberries album what's it called everyone else is doing it so why can't we and there's all these like pictures in the uh like from the band photo shoot in like the sleeve of the of the CD and like one of them was like this super cool photograph of guitar And I'm like, man, the guitar is such a cool instrument. (laughs) That was, I still remember that. That was like the first time I like had that like allure that people talk. I mean, the guitar is like this instrument that people talk about is having all this like allure. And that was like the first time that that like drew me in like a tractor beam. I'm like, damn, that is a cool instrument. I want to play that instrument, (laughs) you know? And I love that album and that album there was no trumpet on that album. There were no band instruments. It was two guitars, bass, drums, you know, and that's what I that's the kind of stuff I was listening okay. to. So yeah, I won't 100% agree that that had in yeah. like a subconscious influence, well, you know? So thank you for bringing that up. Yeah,
0: you bet. There's something about the, like um, the projectness of it too. Like when you're, when you're in a, when you are in a band and like, you know, we both know how we're using this word, but for the listener, like an, an orchestral band, um, yeah, 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 when right. you're in a band, you don't really get to be creative. When you're, you're not going exactly. to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You're just, yeah. I mean, that's a great point. Cause I never really felt creative. I didn't feel creative playing trumpet in band in the same way that I felt creative playing guitar and like being in a, in a garage band. Like I did not feel creative playing Sousa marches in my concert band in high school. You know, I felt creative hanging out at my friend's house. His name's Matt. He was the drummer and like working on writing songs and I'm like, dang, this is cool. Like we can, like we're writing a song.
0: Right. like this is awesome you know like yeah yeah the beginning and (laughs) end in a different way
2: yeah I I
0: get that I mean I did a lot of choir as a young person which I loved um and I still felt like I didn't feel personally creative about it but I did get that like that amazing thing that I think as performing musicians we like look for of that kind of group um manifestation of a thing that you couldn't do alone.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I was
0: very taken with that. And also um, I was talking about this with Jeff Baker, who I who I interviewed a couple of weeks ago. Well, now I, I guess it was at the beginning of February in another lifetime. Uh, but uh we were talking it about like that. as a child having kind of like a an appreciation for like excellence, like things done excellently. And there's some, there's something like very thrilling as, a, as a child about being part of things that were like, like, tr- like truly kind of excellent. Um, and you need a group in order to be able to do that as a child. I think, I mean, I think most people, children do.
1: Totally. Totally.
0: Um, okay. So my other questions about the beginning of your guitar playing are, well, I wanted to ask like what, you know, uh, what kind of music were you into, but you just kind of talked about it. Um, uh, like I don't, for me, and like, I'm guessing you have a different experience with this, but like I didn't have any sort of individual music identity until like late in high school. Oh, okay, um, okay. Because like my parents just didn't think about music like that. Sure. Like the, the way the music existed in my family growing up was like, it was entertainment. Uh And it wasn't, there wasn't, it wasn't going to be like, oh, check this out. Like, how does it make you feel? It was like dance music and like Broadway. Yeah. Nothing else. So, I mean, like I was listening to like Michael Jackson and Earth, Wind & Fire and a ton of Broadway stuff as a child. Yeah. Um, But it really wasn't until like I... I joined a jazz choir in high school and then started listening to jazz records. And then was like, this is something totally different. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but for kids who like have a musical identity as children, I think it's worth like asking about. So do you want to say anything else about that?
1: I mean, the first music that I got into on guitar, um, I mean, like anyone was like rock stuff, you know, I mean um, like, like I remember listening to that ACDC Back in Black album yeah. that my dad was playing on the radio. And I'm like, holy crap, this is awesome. So cool. I remember him playing like Leonard Skinner. I was like, this is so cool, you know? And I never really, I thought that was like the cool music that my dad played. I didn't really think of the jazz stuff as like cool. Like, man, I still remember on a trip to a big city in Montana to like Billings, cause we lived in like a super rural area. Where was I mean, it? We did, Where did you live? It was a little town called Ashland in like super east, uh, uh, let's see, east, uh, southeastern.
0: I put a lot of gigs of, in Montana now.
1: So.
0: <laughs> I see.
1: <laughs> yeah, we lived on like the eastern side. I actually, wait, what did you say? I said,
0: have I driven through it?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, like, I mean, it seems like all the super cool stuff is like on the western side of the state. And I don't think I, I don't think I've ever been over there you know, um, which, I mean, it seems beautiful. I definitely want to go. And that kind of happened in South Dakota too. Like I grew up like Mitchell. I'm from Mitchell, which is um, not too far from the Minnesota border. So it's like, you know, also Southeastern and all like the really cool, beautiful stuff that South Dakota is known for is on the the Western side. But anyway, like I remember stopping at some like bookstore on like on a trip to Billings so my dad could like check out the, the CD selection, like get some jazz albums, you know? Oh,
0: that's so cool.
1: Oh yeah, totally. Totally. And I, man, yeah, there was like so many, there's so many records that I've checked out since I became like quote unquote, like finger quotes into jazz that I was like, oh man, like my dad has this album, you know? That's crazy. But anyway, long story short, like I didn't really identify with that kind of stuff. I was like super into the ACDC kind of sounding stuff. And then we moved to, like I said, we moved to South Dakota. And that was the first time that I saw like MTV and VH1. Cause Mm -hmm. like, okay, we moved to this, this bigger city. And we got this cable package and we have like, I can turn on, on the TV and see MTV and VH1. And I was like, this is so cool. That definitely like those channels like that definitely also like contributed to me, like wanting to be like, like contributed to me being more passionate about that kind of stuff, as opposed to like the band orchestra side of
0: things. It had a they had compelling visual. Exactly. Um, okay so that kind exactly. yeah.
1: like, of oh, oh I was just going to say like Blink-182 yeah. was like yeah. that was basically I mean that band like the garage band I was talking about we were basically just trying to be Blink-182 yeah. like that was yeah. such a huge influence that band
0: <laughs> So okay so that brings me to my my next question about your your band um, uh-huh. You know if someone would have proposed that kind of thing to me as like a 14 15 year old I would have just been like absolutely not like I am never going to be cool enough to do that and so I'm curious like um in what ways you felt like oh yes my identity like fits right into this and in what ways you like did I want to know like what parts of it were you like I want to be this and I know I can be this and what parts if any were you like oh can I like pull that off
1: I don't think I was really thinking about, like, ooh, can I pull that off? I mean, one thing is the my friend Matt that approached me about it. He he and I were very much like – like, I didn't see him as, like, the unattainable, like, cool music guy that I could never be like. like we were just, just kind of like dudes in eighth grade, yeah. you know. We, we were both in band. He played percussion. I played trumpet, and – So it was like, it was like very relatable. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like you're my friend. Like let's, let's start a band. And he was definitely like, like talking about creativity. He was definitely like the way more creative person than me in the band. Like he, like he wrote like all the original music that we did. He was pretty much like writing all the original stuff. And it was his idea to start the band in the first place. We rehearsed at his house. Like he had lots of cool ideas with the band. Band And yeah, he was, per- he was basically the band leader, you know, in a sense. And it's cool to, like, look back now and be, like, like, he was just, like, like running circles around me in terms of, like, creativity. I was like, man, like, you're so good at this. <laughs> well,
0: maybe like-
1: I don't know if I've ever told him that, but it's true.
0: <laughs> yeah, he'd probably like it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Yeah, okay, totally. Um, I'm trying to think of, like, exactly what I want to ask, but... Yeah, I'm okay. So I'll say again, like I do think this idea of being like, yeah, let's start a band is like brave. Like, I think there's plenty of teenagers who love music who would just be like, no, how how could we possibly? Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, I think it, it helped that. I mean, I guess we didn't really have any competition. You know, it's like, well, there, I guess there was another garage band.
0: There's no competition. It's still just like, ballsy
1: kind of yeah I mean definitely I I don't know I guess I never really thought of it as like like a daunting thing I never really like sat down and I was like oh how are we going to pull this off
2: like my head in
1: my hands like oh what are we doing here you know I mean we're in like we're in so that was like eighth grade into ninth grade like eighth grade into high school and it's like at that age you're like uh, whatever, like, let's just do it. You know, <laughs> I wasn't
0: like that. that
1: I see. Okay. Okay.
0: <laughs> and I think, <laughs> yeah, I guess I
1: don't mean to paint with broad strokes and, and assume everyone's well, like that. A
0: lot of artists aren't like that at that age. Which, like, you know, if any, if, like, I, it's possible. I'm just belaboring this point so that you, like, you know, maybe give yourself like the credit for like that being a thing. Because I think that oh, I is. A thing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, yeah. It was cool. It was pretty cool.
0: And then, yeah. So, so but, but um, go ahead.
1: No, no, no. The
0: other thing I wanted to ask about is this: this more like this creativity stuff. Like, so if, if you weren't kind of like the the ringleader of that, like, what did you learn about that kind of stuff during that time of like writing music? Um, or I imagine he, here, Matt was also being creative about like, you know, if you guys started playing together or like. You know, just kind of packaging things.
1: Right. I mean, I learned about um, one like early lesson that I didn't realize I was learning at the time, but looking back, like that was a very important lesson was like like songwriting and like copying stuff, Mm -hmm. like taking stuff because it's like the ideas he was coming up with is like, oh, like let's write this song. Like I have this cool idea of this chord progression. And it was like, well, that's basically like the same chords as this, like this Blink-182 song, yeah. you know? Yeah. But then it like, it made me realize like how much of creating something is just like, like drawing from your inspiration. And I mean, just like that whole like steal like an artist idea, yeah. you know? And so that was really cool. It's like, oh man, like we can, we can take, like we can take this influence and try to emulate it and it's never really going to sound like them because we aren't them, but it's going to become our own thing. And there's going to be like these, like these stylistic similarities, but it's like such an important part of creation that I didn't really realize. Like I didn't really realize that like creating something, it it doesn't just come out of this like vacuum, you know? So it's like, you can like, it's a totally, viable way like this is how you do this you know like you take something that you like and kind of try to copy it well and
0: i think it's worth saying like it's not it's not just how you do it that's like how everyone does it which is i think a lot of
1: but totally totally
0: who who aren't like artists um they don't get that they 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 don't even consider that like what we're doing is maybe way more accessible than they think
1: yes yeah Exactly.
0: And it's, it's unaccessible in ways that they're not thinking too.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, That's a great point. It's like, it's, it's kind of both at the same time, but yeah, there's like so much, there's so much stealing in art, you know,
0: Those two things are like big things I was thinking about when I was like naming this podcast and thinking like how frustrating it is, like the types of things that are misunderstood about our careers in the arts even misunderstood from person to person like as small as that thing of like well at that age you're not thinking about that like that's the thing that like you know a a less evolved version of me would have heard you tell that story and like wow he must be a way better artist than me because like and now I can just understand like my parents were really hard on me and so if I was going to go for something I needed to like know it would work because like I there was see. so much criticism, just like around every corner, like, my parents sure. have, like made fun of me for starting the band. Oh, you know, so like it, yeah, it's really easy even, um between artists to kind of like take for granted like the parts of our story that we would just never think would be like interesting or surprising to someone else.
1: Right. Yeah. That's. That's, yeah, yeah, totally. I have nothing to add to that. That's great.
0: an artifice too. Like it's not on purpose, but like, like I was just talking about this with Catherine. Like I remember like, you know, occasionally finding out that someone that I went to school with had professional musicians as parents and Mm -hmm. being like, so, okay. Now that explains a lot.
1: Yeah. Right. So her parents were professional musicians. Hers
0: weren't. But I was just talking about this phenomenon with her of like, you know, sometimes the people who, because we went, you know, there are a lot of people who end up in North Texas who come from like musical pedigrees. Totally. Yeah. Like, that, It wasn't something that people were talking about that I recall. Uh-huh. Um, and I just kind of assumed, I mean, I think, when, especially when you're 18, 19, you just assume that everyone like you. you know?
2: uh-huh. everyone exactly. The yeah. same kind
0: of stuff you're dealing with. So yeah. When someone is, so much better at something you know never going to assume like just because they've been exposed to these ideas since they were born instead of like right. Right. years ago
1: exactly now did I mean so did you grow up with anyone that was like that that had professional because I did not at all like I mean I totally relate to that it's like it wasn't until I got to school where I was like like whoa like oh like this you're really good at this. Like, like it makes sense why you're so good at this. Like, yeah. your yeah. parents are professional users, Like, like oh man, you have perfect pitch. Like, oh that's crazy. You know, like
0: <laughs> completely different experiences. Yeah, yeah like yeah. even someone who's next to you on the bandstand. Like, you can have phenomenally different experiences, different relationships to the music, different relationships to creativity. Um, yeah. yeah, and then I think about like you know, as I've gotten older, like one thing that I I think about a lot is like, I think because I dealt with so much criticism in my childhood, I had like a doggedness when I went to college. Like I, in some ways, like I was very insecure, but I also just like, it was so used to that feeling. That it just like. It's like,
1: what else is new? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like some of that stuff didn't affect me. Like I know it affected other people because yeah. I was, like, that, of course, every like of course I'm stuck at this.
1: Right. No, that's a huge thing about music school, and it's like that's interesting you bring that up. So you were like, man, because that's like a thing about music school that is like so um, that creates so much disenchantment and makes people not want to pursue it anymore. But that's interesting, like you were like desensitized to all those things by the time you got to music school. Or at
0: least like I had, I don't know that I would say I was desensitized, but it just was so regular. Yeah,
2: like,
0: things yeah. would still totally hurt my feelings and make me feel like, you know, I would feel discouraged in some ways, but it just was like, it, it was never gonna um, prevent me risks like it would because sure. by that yeah. by that point in my life, I had just learned, like, if you want to do something, you just have to do it because people aren't going to support you either way. Like that was kind of how I entered school, wow. which is just in some ways, it's really great. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Right. Right. It kind of like lifts this, like, the burden off your shoulders. I mean, kind of a weird way, you know, But
0: we don't have the skills at that age or some of us, I think ever to like, talk about the reasons that we are responding differently to different things, but I'm so interested in it. Yeah, um,
1: wow. Yeah, I mean, I haven't even, at this stage, like I haven't even really thought about these, some of these things until you bring, bring them up, so. I'm
0: sure I like talking with people who teach because like, you know, like before I was thinking when, when you were talking about the fact that like, you know, you were the, like the best at trumpet and you were saying like, you know, it was just because I started earlier, that type of perspective, even like, even that's, even that small type of perspective is, I think as a teacher, um, you see it in your students. Like, yeah. um, and I think that's also creative thinking of like, not seeing people's skill sets in like a fixed way and right. being curious right. about like the context. It's I, I like talking yeah. about stuff with teachers. Cause I think if you can be reflective and, or, and curious about your students, you're more likely to go like, what I like at that age?
1: Or at that exactly, age? yeah. And like the fact that everyone is on a different timeline in terms of how they develop. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, if you like open up, if you like open up that Pandora's box, it's like, like how can we be hard on these like artists in school for not developing at the, at the pace that we want them to for these assessment reasons? when it's like, I mean, think of how many musicians, you know, that have like totally blossomed at different times. Like maybe you blossom when you're in music, music school being assessed on all those things. Maybe you blossom way after that. Maybe you blossom before, you know, so it's like, um, yeah, that's, that's definitely an interesting aspect of it. it. You know?
0: So, okay. Um, so, um,
1: can we, can we pause for one sec? Okay.
0: Um, okay. So yeah, I wanted to ask you, um, we, we were kind of talking about like what you learned about like creativity um, in the band. Okay, so I, I have I a few more questions about your high school time. Okay. One is what was going on with your visual art, what happened to it and, and or any other forms of creativity and then mm-hmm. also like how and what needed to happen in order for you to kind of like decide to major in music. Sure.
1: Um, I wasn't doing a whole, well, no, I was still like drawing and stuff. I wasn't doing anything with painting. Like I was doing, um, like as a, you know, when I was younger, it was just all like pencil, pencil and paper kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I mean, now that I think about it, now that we're talking about all these kinds of things, I think it was maybe like a realization of like prioritizing something that I could, that I had like, a better sense of, like, like, okay, I'm good at this thing, I'm better at this thing than this thing, so it's, like, let me prioritize here, you know, um, and I guess it's just never been, um, it kind of stopped being just, like, something that was, like, uh, like, something I wanted to do with my free time, you know, I guess I just kind of, like, replaced the, the desire and the time that I was spending on that kind of stuff with other things, you know, um, but, yeah, there was never, it wasn't like a flip, a flip, a switch was flipped. And I was like, okay, I'm going to stop doing this and just start doing this. It just kind of naturally phased out.
0: You also, yeah, you didn't, you didn't have to like let go of like a, a love. Like it just, right. it was like the thing you loved was like being creative and you were still doing that.
1: Yes, exactly. Yeah. It didn't feel like I had to like stop doing, it just seemed like, like another like another way to, to create stuff, you know? So it didn't feel like I was like discontinuing that part, you know, or like chopping off that limb, I
0: guess. Well, and I'm sure, so. I'm sure if it hasn't yet, it, it will find ways to come back. Like, I mean, yeah. I, I did a lot of drawing as a child too. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I love like those the small opportunities that I have as an adult to like be creative visually. Yes,
1: um, like with the coloring book.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I didn't make that. I still just like, you know, or, or yeah.
1: What was your right. idea?
0: Right, like, or being like a creative director of like, you know, the color schemes that I'm going to use in like a photo shoot or, um, you know, like that kind of stuff's really satisfying to me now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then t- tell me the story of like how you kind of, yeah, got good enough at guitar to like audition for schools certainly like jazz became more of a thing at some point like just
1: yeah so that was like so in between my so like band was always a huge part of my um of my musical life in like middle school and high school you know um and it was it's interesting like interacting with guitar players because guitar is not a band instrument it's not a band orchestra instrument and so it was like it was interesting when I got to school and was around other guitar players that didn't grow up like playing in band you know I was like oh that's interesting like yeah I guess if you don't play another instrument like you know like what is it? yeah I mean band was like my it was like so much of like a um it was like a school thing. It was like a social thing. It was like, uh, it was like, all like all my friends were in band. I mean, not, I had friends outside of band, you know, but it was like such a huge part of like my life in like middle school and high school. And it was, it's, you know, it's interesting like meeting other musicians when I got to school that weren't, that didn't have that kind of thing. And it's like, Oh yeah, it makes sense. Like, it's not like, if all you do is play guitar, then you don't have to be in band. Um, but anyway, I had a band director um, my freshman year. He retired and then I got a new band director my sophomore year. who was awesome. His name's Ryan Staley. Definitely like one of my biggest um, he,
0: you
1: know, mentors, influences. You
0: know, if There's like a big musical Staley family here.
1: That's a good question. I'll have to ask him. How do you spell the last name?
0: S-T-A-H-L-E.
1: Yeah, that's how he spell his last name. I'll ask him. I'll text him after this. <laughs> yeah, but he, I remember, so he was offering lessons. So he was trying to do that whole thing where it's like, okay, let me get to know the students before I start.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And he's like, okay, I'm going to be offering lessons to any student that wants to take lessons and get to know me before um, the school year starts. And I was doing the, the rock band thing, the garage band. And oh no closure no
2: cl- well we went
1: through two iterations the first iteration was 15 minutes based on the Andy Warhol quote I think Andy Warhol the everyone gets 15 minutes of fame it's so
0: to... like not a teenager like that's cool right. like yeah. Andy Warhol like, cool. <laughs> yeah right <laughs> told me would have been like you who? Know, like no no <laughs> culture, going on right, culture
1: right right yeah. and we yeah. had man like on that topic we yeah we like tried to build our own website. Remember those like GeoCities websites?
0: Not at all, because I wasn't doing anything like that.
1: I see. So like, yeah, I remember being over at Matt's house. Like we were trying to like create a website and yeah, it was, it was wild.
0: <laughs> that also that <laughs> yeah. totally me. Like I'm sticking with my assessment.
1: There you go. Okay. I'll take it. I'll take it. But anyway, I took lessons from him and I just wanted to take like, I was like trying to figure out like, okay, how do I take cool solos on my guitar and the rock band? And um, he's a saxophone player. And so I like asked him, like, I wanted to talk about like soloing, improvising. And he was like coming at things from more of a jazz perspective. And um, yeah, I remember like playing along with some Ebersols with him. And I remember he pulled out this, this, this like, Sonny Rollins it. I'm like, oh man, I recognize that name. Like my dad has some albums by that yeah. guy. And th- and it's interesting. Okay, so we were talking about projects and like how you dive into thing, dive into something when you have a project. Yeah. And that's I think that's what it was. It just became like like this thing. It's like, okay, like this music has been around me for a, for a long time, you know, because like these records have been playing in, in my living room. My dad's been playing these but I've really never, like, I don't understand what's happening here. Like, like, what are they doing? Like, how does this, how does this track last for 10 minutes? And like, they're just playing a bunch of notes. Like, What on earth is going on here? You know? (laughs) And it just became like a project. Like up until now, I've kind of like described it as like a rabbit hole. I just dove down, but it was totally like me thinking myself, like, I want to, I want to figure out how this works. Like this, my new project is like figuring this out, yeah. you know? So, and also like all the theory stuff really, um, really attracted me. Like just like mentally, I was really? like, I mean, there was just like so much theory stuff to navigate. Um, and I still remember like as a trumpet player, one of my favorite, one, my, one of my most memorable trumpet lessons was when my trumpet teacher was like, okay, we're not going to do anything with the Trumpets today, we're just going to talk about theory. And, like, we just started talking about it, and I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. this is how this stuff works. Like, these are what these rules are. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, yeah, it was like this project, like, like, how do I understand this? Mm-hmm. Like, this mm-hmm. is, like, there's totally a way to understand all this stuff. And this is what it is right here. These are all the rules. You right. know? That's
0: so hard. Like,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. it's
0: like, I felt the same way. I didn't have anyone, I didn't learn any theory until I was at North Texas. Um, No, I mean, I I played the piano, so I knew my scales, but I didn't know what they meant. It just, I memorized them. I think, like, I knew how to read music, but I didn't know any theory. And I remember being in, like, the first, first or second day of, like, theory one, and, like, learning the circle of fifths, like, seeing that for the first time, just being, like, what? What?
1: It's so like you're watching like a Christopher Nolan movie or something. It's like holy crap, this is insane. Like,
0: <laughs> like if I if I can like relate the feeling to something, it would be similar to like you know someone giving me a new package of colored pencils or something. Like, I just and I can I can also relate to like that type of a thing being like tangible enough that it can be a project it's uh-huh. not just this like thing it's not just this nebulous it's like exactly these tools. Yes. because these are tools i can build something
1: yes it's like this thing that seems so abstract and unattainable there's actually like a sense of like organization to it and i can understand how everything's organized and then i can manipulate that organization to create things and that I think that's really what made me like go like wild with jazz and like just kind of like put on the horse blinders and just ignore everything except jazz you know it was like this is insane like I need to figure out I need to understand this and it's like and there are tools through which I can understand it So like, this is my new project. You know?
0: (laughs) You got like addicted to it.
1: Yeah. Oh, it was totally, it's a total addiction. It's like, you just get addicted with like, like understanding it more, you know? It's
0: fascinating. I mean, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but yeah, what happened to me was like, I loved choir, like I was into choir. And at my high school in Arizona, the jazz choir was the top choir. So like, you know, I wanted to audition for it because it was the top choir, it was, like, very elite. And then once I was, like, in the jazz choir, I was really quickly, like, well, if I'm going to be in the jazz choir, I should like listen to jazz. So, like, I drove my car to Barnes & Noble and went to, like, the jazz section, because, like, I had never seen it modeled for me to, like, go to a record store. But yeah, that was not I that I was aware of in any way. Um, uh-huh, so I went to Barnes uh-huh. & and Noble and, like, Kind of blue was like the first thing on the display case. Yeah. And I I mean, I won't get into details because I've told the story before, but like my parents had my whole family happened to be out of town. Like I was old enough that so I could drive and they all went to California without me. And um <laughs> and uh I went home and like played it on like the big like the you know, living room speakers. And I had this experience that was just like I have literally never heard anything like this. yeah like what is it how is it Uh happening
1: yes yeah also
0: got addicted
1: yeah it's like just the sound of it is so like alluring it's like it's like okay this is unlike anything that i hear on the radio this is unlike the acdc that i've heard this is unlike the stuff on mtv and vh1 like these instruments sound super cool there's no like lyrics there's like this just like abstract interest to it in the sense that it's just these instruments and they keep playing over and over and over again. The tracks last really long and it's like, what is happening here? But, and then you talk about like an album, like kind of blue, like, like the vibe is just so cool. Like you just want to live inside that album.
2: There, and you're that like,
0: that what? That I bought, like, I was just shooting in the dark. Like I had no interest. Yeah. And so yeah. like the next album that I went and got was um, John Schofield's Uber Jam.
1: Oh yeah, that's a great one. Yeah. I
0: knew I know every note, you know? Like then yeah. I got that and I was like, this also is jazz.
1: Oh uh-huh. yeah. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. So I totally dove down that. It became my project, become obsessed. And then I like I couldn't think of anything else to do. It's like and This used to really okay. Something that that really bothered me for a long time was the fact that people said like, okay, only be a musician if you can't do anything else, and that used to really frustrate me because I was like, I mean, I could do like we grow up thinking like we can do whatever we want to do, like we can do whatever we put our minds to, like don't tell me what I can't do. Like I'm smart, I could do X, Y, and Z, and what I've realized over the years is that they're not people that say that don't mean like if you like don't have the mental capacity or like the work ethic to do anything else it's like if you can't do anything else in the sense that it would drive you crazy yeah. if you had to do something else and couldn't do that you know and that's definitely like that was the deep-seated thing that was like I don't really want to do anything else like this is cool like I, didn't, I can get a degree in jazz like I love jazz jazz is awesome and like looking back now it's like man like like, imagine my parents being like, like, what do you want to get a degree in? But I didn't get any, like, pushback. And I was just like, I am so obsessed with jazz, and I can literally study it in college. This is awesome. <laughs> so that's kind of what, that's how that I happened.
0: To ask you, do you think, I and mean, this is just an impossible question to answer, but I'm asking it anyway. Do you think that if things had, like, happened in your life where you had um, like circumstantially gotten into like a different type of creative thing. Do you think you could have done that or do you think it was music?
1: I think so. I think so. I mean...
0: Like if some kid, instead, instead of there's a kid in your school who's like, let's do a band, there's a kid who's like, let's make films.
1: Yes, yeah, I totally think so. Because it's like, and that just comes back to the point like... Just this idea like, like, are we musicians or are we something bigger than that? And like and like this vessel of music is just the way that we are doing this.
0: I love this question
1: it's like, it's so yeah,
2: yeah.
0: The answer, like what I think, and after having interviewed you know, 58 professional artists mm-hmm. now in all sorts of different mediums, um, I think some of us are like you and me. Where like mm-hmm. I like making things, yeah. things that happened in my life. Like I could maybe I would have been a chef. Maybe I would have just been a designer. Maybe yes. so like whatever.
1: I I, I have like, been like tangentially interested, like super interested in in like all those types yeah. of things at some point Absolutely. or another.
0: And then I think there are some people who it's like it's music or it's it's painting. Because yes they yeah. and they do not express in other mediums and other mediums don't speak to them interesting
1: <laughs> yeah yeah Which interesting so
0: fascinating
1: yeah totally totally so yeah I totally I totally agree um or um yes I see where you're going like if I if it wasn't music it would be something else that I could create with you know and not because I'm like oh I'm a, I'm an artist I'm so creative right just like that's what I want to do like yeah yeah I mean it's like now I've been in been in my house for like a month now and it's like okay I want to create something you know it's like if I was stuck on a desert island and there was no one around it's like still you get to a point you're like build a structure I just want to create something just to like enhance my life right now you know because it's just like it's just so, yeah, it just enhances everything, you know? So.
0: Yeah, I talk about this with Andrew a lot. Um, he, um, Andrew started out as, a, he had a scholarship for jazz drums at BYU. I remember
1: playing a gig with him.
0: Yeah, we were talking about this last night cause I was telling him like, I'm interviewing Will tomorrow and he's the worst, he's the worst memory, I like, I'm not kidding you every single time you text me, I'll be like, I got a text from Will. And like, I talk, like I talk, everything that happens in my day, he hears about. Um, And uh, he'll be like, who's that? And then I'm like, Andrew. (laughs) Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I was like, Andrew, we played a gig with him. Played on my master's (laughs) recital together. And then he goes like, oh, like, but I'm not kidding you. Will, we have had, like, I have had that conversation with him about you. yeah. 12 times in the last six months.
1: That's great.
0: <laughs> it's not personal. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. right, right.
0: But, um, but anyway, mm-hmm. you know, Andrew switched his major. He started in jazz drums and then he switched his major to physics. Okay. And now is an engineer. But, uh, mm-hmm. you know, he, he and I have so much in common in some ways. And in that way, we are major. he is not motivated by, pro- by projects in the same way I am.
1: Yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Once he starts one, he will kind of get obsessed with it until it's done. But like, uh-huh. he gets bored in a way that like I cannot really. Think yeah, yeah. Because I, like, I have like ten projects like that. I'm like, oh, I want to work on this. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yep. And then you have like your Not enough time. Long term projects. So you have like your to do list for right now. And then you're such a like a sadist that you create another to-do list. Like, okay, once I'm done with this to-do list, I'm going to start working on this to-do list. Oh, yeah. You right. know, in project okay. list. And-
0: that. oh, this, this is my daily to-do list. Here it is. Okay. This one is like for the like digital email project that I'm holding. Then I've got another one that's like just my website. Like, yes, you're not wrong. Oh. This list.
1: And that's why you're so good at what you do. I mean, that's part of, that's not the whole reason, but like you're so organized and detailed that you're so successful wearing all these hats. You know, you're good at keeping all the balls up in the air. I think
0: like the people that I know who are professional artists who, who I like feel most of kinship with are like that. It's like you're creative in this. Like, it's almost like your projects are your medium. It's not like your, yeah. You know, guitar is your medium. For sure, for sure. Um, okay, so yeah, so tell me how you like, pick um, your school or like, what
1: happened? Yeah, so I knew, I was like, okay, I probably need to get out of South Dakota if I wanna like, you know, study. I mean, I don't know, I shouldn't say that. I'm not trying to bash on that, but it was just like, okay, I wanna get into a bigger musical environment. I wanna be a smaller fish in a bigger pond want to yeah. get into like a more urban environment. Um, but I had no idea what to do. What's that? Fair. Yeah. And so anyway, this band director of mine, Ryan Staley, he was taking us to this music camp in Illinois. I don't think it's still a thing anymore. Or maybe it might be under a different name. At that time, it was called Bands of America. It's like this huge, huge um, summer band camp with all these different tracks.
0: Yeah.
1: And I did the jazz track. Dressed? What's that? It's
0: called Midwest now.
1: Um, I think that's something different. Midwest is like a, like a conference. Mm Um, it, I think it, I feel like it got called music for all. I don't know. Something like that. Anyone who maybe is associated with that that's listening to this can totally roast me and fact check me. But anyway, at that time it was called bands of America. And I met, um, a guitar teacher there named Stan Smith and he, um, teaches at a school in Columbus, Ohio called Capitol University, and totally connected with him, totally fell in love with just the way he, um, yeah, just his approach to things, and it's just, like, I really wanted to be his student, you know, and he kind of recruited me to go out there, um, so that's how I wound up from going from South Dakota all the way to, to Columbus, Ohio, and I did my undergrad there. Um, And that was great. I mean, moving out there, intimidating, um, just in the sense of like moving to a lot bigger play, like moving, you know, a thousand miles away from anything I ever knew. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'd never even been to Ohio before, except for like those campus visits, you know, and so moving there and um, yeah, just kind of just totally diving into, into that. It was just so cool being like, okay, music is no longer in extracurricular activity, it's no longer something that I have to do my homework before I can do. It's like, this is my whole life now, you know, like I can literally become obsessed with this. Uh, And like everything else is now an inconvenience, like doing my laundry is an inconvenience, like eating is an inconvenience, like it is like socially acceptable and encouraged within my degree path to just completely be obsessed with this. And it was awesome. I
0: loved all my undergrad and, and grad school too. And I had never yeah. experienced anything quite like it. And mm-hmm. yeah, there, there's something, there is something so like intoxicating about that, um, like group obsession.
1: Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that was awesome. Finally being, Like finally having like peers and colleagues. So we're like, well, I take that back. There was one um, kid in my high school, a trumpet player named Ben, who was really great. And he was like the one person that I was able to like connect with, like on a peer level with this kind of like obsession. But I mean, then going to undergrad, it was like that on steroids. It's like, man, like I could just like totally. Surround myself, I could just like marinate in all these people yeah. that were intoxicated with the same obsession, so that was that was fantastic, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like it's you like lose sight of it's like i said okay like i oh I want to study jazz studies and most people are like i mean ninety nine percent of people are like what what is that you know, but like when you're in it and you're that obsessed with it, it's like your entire life it's like you just like lose perspective of the fact that like in the grand scheme of things like what is this this pursuit that I'm on like what is this path that I've devoted my whole life to it's like seems totally meaningless but when you're that intoxicated with it you can't see anything else you know
0: it's powerful stuff I to explain that to my students sometimes like Mm -hmm. I mean most of the kids that I teach aren't even in choir in their schools. They just like love Taylor Swift, you know? So, I love Taylor I Swift have even experienced like even a nugget of that feeling. It's yeah. like even if you're in high school band or high school choir and your program is like, has some pride, you know, like people can't kind of like group hype about it. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you get a little piece of that, but yeah, you know, when I have students who will will kind of, they'll talk like, oh, I'm going to be a professional musician. I just want to be like, you have nowhere near the level of obsession that you've made.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like you have to, yeah, yeah. Like I had a teacher once say, like anyone that like finds success in this field and in this like path, like they go through a period of their life where, they're like so obsessed with this, it's like hard to even function. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, like you, it's hard to maintain relationships with people. It's hard to like sometimes be healthy. It's hard to, it's just like, you're just so obsessed with it, it's like, you know, it's like you're the whole like Maslow's hierarchy, hierarchy of needs is like totally flipped upside down yeah. because it's like, like the biggest thing becomes like, how do I just like, I mean, you're just like a vampire trying to suck out every ounce of this thing. You know, yeah. it's kind of an extreme example, but her uh, analogy. <laughs> when I
0: was, but, when yeah. I was in school at North Texas, um, I, I had three roommates and they were all um, athletes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, which in some ways was good because we had extreme schedules. Yeah. But like on and opposite ends of the day. Sure. And Athletes
1: are cool because they, they have that same, like, I mean, they have that same drive, you know? It's like, I've always related to like. Athletes that kind of have that same kind of drive, you know. But anyway, continue. Well,
0: I was just going to say, like, yeah, there were some there were definitely times when, like, I felt insane, like, at, to my roommate. I, like, yeah, oh, yeah. You've been, like, doing something in the room for so long. <laughs> like, come
2: on, Bachelor.
1: Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs>
0: like, it's Charlie Parker Sobel. <laughs>
1: exactly, exactly. And they're like, what? You know? And it's just like, you just like look at them, you're like, you don't get it. Yeah. But it's like, man, in the grand scheme of things, like really the Charlie Parker solo. But when you're in it, you're just like, this is all that matters. Like, this is everything to me. <laughs> like it just totally fills up your entire field of vision. It's you
0: know. really um, powerful too, about being in, being in a, a large group of people that are that are doing that because you, you can see peers like, um, trying stuff that you're not trying, and like yeah. it's just such a um, an overwhelm of like ideas,
1: yeah, totally, totally that's, awesome. that's one of the I mean that was one of the best things about music. I mean, I don't know how you felt, but like I learned more from my peers in music school than I did for my teachers. Well, and that's, I think that's the point of it all. I was
0: teaching at BYU the past four years. And, mm-hmm. you know, um, you, North Texas, like culturally at BYU, people don't speak highly of North Texas. and And the thing that they say about it is like, it's too big. Like you're never going to get the kind of attention that you want. And I would always say, no, the hugeness of it is like the entire reason why it's great. Exactly. Because like your peers, you have so many teachers. (laughs) Like all of your peers and all of your teachers. And like, it's just, there's nothing more motivating than like 500 people killing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's like, and the network that you gain from that is just insane, you know? I mean, the small program that I went from in my undergrad and I mean, like similar to the small program that I teach at here, it's like, I mean, you're just like, you're, you're limited in, in the kind of network that you come out of that with. Like the big, a huge pro of going to a huge program is like, I mean, I'm sure you and I would be hard pressed to go anywhere in the world and not make some sort of connection with someone in our immediate or like tangential network. I say that
0: to people all the time and I swear they like don't believe it, but it is true.
1: Like- Yeah, totally true.
0: Anywhere in like the world, (laughs) there will be someone that either you went to school with or that went to school with someone you went to school with.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just like think of, you could just like throw a dart at the map and like, okay, I want to set up a gig there. I think I could do it. Let me just start making the connections. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's it's cool. It's my favorite too. Okay. Um,
2: oh. Yeah. When you
0: are in your undergrad, and when mm-hmm. I'm saying the word "you" right now, I mean music majors. Um, sure. Frequently, you, in addition to this beautiful obsessiveness, start to develop some like pathologies. Did yeah. It's a projection, but did that happen to you?
1: Yes. I mean, okay. Elaborate on. Give, give me all the pathologies that you're that you want to know.
0: In the time that you're in your undergrad, I want to know what like good things are happening to your creativity, and like you can mm-hmm. talk about that in terms of your musical skill set, or in terms of like songwriting, like these kind of bigger creative skills. Um, mm-hmm. And then I also want to know like what types of stuff did you like pick up that you needed to unlearn later? Yeah.
1: That's a good question. I mean, I feel like I think I've thought about this a lot lot since I've been on the other side of things. I always kind of say it as like the other side of things, like now that I'm on, because I was like, it feels like so recently that I was a student in school and now I'm teaching. It's like, I feel like part of the reason, like part of what helps me be successful in my job now is the fact that I was like, I was really into the school process you know I mean I definitely wasn't like one of those people that became like completely disillusioned disillusioned with everything due to the the way things work in in school I mean it's like it's such a weird environment to like be I mean just the whole assessment you know, aspect of it is like just kind of weird. And it definitely can drive some people crazy. So I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I'm not totally unique, but I guess I don't have like a whole lot of things to say of like, like, I hated this. I had to unlearn this. This was horrible. Like I've developed a, you know, like I have PTSD over this and this and this for music school. Um, but no, like,
0: like, you know, is there something like, and it's just fine if there's not. If you have no, like, that's fine. And I just like to make sure that I we talk about it if there are, because, you know, resilience is also such a big thing for people who may that's be mm-hmm. um, But it could also maybe just be like, like I know for me, one thing, like when I was in that total like obsession with like post-bop and fusion, um, I a little bit forgot. I a little bit forgot how to value beautiful simplicity.
1: Yeah, right.
0: I would say the pathology kind of, you know,
1: maybe. Yeah, that's a good point because, like, I still remember a lesson I had with Fred. So okay, like me writing music, I didn't really write music in, like, really. I didn't really start writing music until I got to Unt. You know was and and doing- wait what's that and except for
0: the garage man
1: yeah yeah yeah. exactly exactly but man I mean me in like undergrad it was like okay let me just try to get as good as I can at playing my instrument at navigating this music like learning like let me learn as many tunes as I can that was kind of my my focus like I wasn't really thinking about I was almost more like I wasn't really in the creation mode in the sense of like, let me like write music and be creative. Like, it was more like, like, okay, let me become, it was like athlete mode. It was like, let me just train and become like, like as high of a level of an athlete as I can. Let me practice as much as I can. Let me learn as many tunes as I can. Let me become like a great practitioner of things You know, and I wasn't really thinking about, like, creating yeah, stuff, you know. I
0: wanted to ask, that's why I, like, asked the question of, like, what's going on with be exactly. creativity? Because, again, like, you know, I saw people in my undergrad doing a great job working on their creativity, um, but it took them twice as long to graduate.
1: Yeah, right. And, then,
0: like, I don't have an attachment to, like, which is the right way. I just know that, like, if you're going to keep doing it, you have to do both. You've got to, like, you yeah. get your chops and you have exactly. to like recover and stretch your creativity. So you were in chops yeah. in undergrad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's a great way to put it. I mean, the too long didn't read version of it is like undergrad was just chops. Yeah. Just like, and I don't mean to, I don't want to like paint the picture like I came out of undergrad and I was just like a chop monster. Like, but it was like, I wasn't really, I was just like concerned really with really like, like, a, like during that
0: time.
1: yeah. And then I remember. One semester, I was talking with Fred, and I was like, "I want." I don't know if it was him that suggested it or me that suggested it, but um, we—he was like, "Okay, write a new tune and bring it in every week," you know. And I was like, "And I'd never really written anything before. I mean, I wrote. I mean, okay, so so aside from that garage band, you know, with Matt, and then like in really the only writing that I did in my undergrad was—I don't know how you were, but like, um, just like a jazz composition class." Like just doing assignments. Like it, that's literally my only writing was just like assignments, you know?
2: Yeah.
1: And, and so like, I still remember like bringing in, I wrote something and it was just like very, I just thought it sounded like way too, um, it, I mean, it was very honest. It was like, this is what I'm hearing in my head. I'm going to put pen to paper and this is what I'm going to write. But it was like kind of like triadic and like pretty tonal sounding, you know. And I brought it into Fred and I'm like, I mean, I, I you know, it's like I put it in front of him. I'm like, okay, this is the tune, you know. And I started like apologizing for yeah. it before he even heard it. I was like, you know, like apologizing for the fact that I didn't write like a cool like Wayne Shorter tune, yeah. you know. And and he's like, who cares? Yeah. Like, like I don't think it sounds like cheesy or like to, too tonal or like whatever. We you know and that was cool just getting that like um you know just having someone say like yeah it's like it's cool just like write stuff and you know like you have my permission to write things that you know that are tonal that don't use chromaticism that use some triads you know like so that I mean that was really cool and that kind of like set me off on like this idea that the stuff that i was hearing was like worth
2: yeah.
1: other people hearing like the stuff that i this the stuff that was an idea and then i wanted to put down on paper it was worth yeah other people like experiencing what i was hearing in my head you know pretty powerful yeah
2: yeah big stuff
0: yeah that's that's huge yeah I, yeah my like writing experience is also like i also was I mean, I wasn't a chop monster in my undergrad, but it like it was mostly because like I had never had jazz lessons before. <laughs> like I, mean, I was a chop monster in the sense that it was all that I was working. on. Um, was I good at it? That I don't. I wouldn't say so compared to my peers, um, but yeah, I wasn't. I wasn't really being creative. Um, I do think I was maybe being. I was. Like in retrospect, I think I was cultivating creativity in some other ways, like in more like of those abstract kinds of like, I was just learning so much about people during that time. Like yeah. it's something I still think about a lot, like I mean, I grew up in the suburbiest, like whitest, Mormonist. Mm-hmm. Um, My parents just were so like typical. Um, mm-hmm. And I think just in those, in my undergrad years, just being exposed to like so many different kinds of people was really like blowing my creative mind. Even if it wasn't like getting into stuff.
1: Just yeah, like these kinds of people exist in the world and they are interested in the same kinds of things that I'm interested in. Yeah, and, and so
0: therefore the other things I'm interested in, like there will be people and exactly yeah just like seeing the world like opened up in a new way was like maybe where my creative energy was going but yeah in terms of songwriting like I remember I had an idea like I went you know Rosanna would have us do like at the beginning of every semester we'd have to fill out like what are your semester goals what are your year goals and I wrote like, like songwriting on one of my things she was like we'll bring in a song next week and I was like I can't I don't know how to I couldn't possibly.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, right? Like, well, how do you do that?
0: (laughs) She was like, you know how to do it. Just do it. And so, but then I did. And then I was like, oh. And then I got really into songwriting because, like, there was such a specific stupid reason why I started writing more, which was, like, I couldn't get anybody to play in forum with me. Um, Like, nobody wanted to be in a forum group with me because everyone was saying, like, I just want to play music that's challenging and like singers can't really.
1: Oh, no. And
0: so I was like, I'll write some stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And that was, that was it. I was just like, I'll write some stuff.
1: That was, that, was your, that was your project.
0: Yeah, I was like, I'll write some stuff that will kick your butt enough that you'll want to play in this group with me. Ah. Uh, um, and then I started writing odd uh, meter things.
1: <laughs> I see, that's awesome. And that's
0: all, it, it. that was it and then I, you yeah. know, we use the word forum for like the class and also like our little forums. But like, you know, when I did a like, little yeah. local forum, I like invited some people to play on it with me who I really wanted to play in like forum group with to like oh. make them have to look at a couple of my tunes. Yeah. And I, was, like, yeah, I really. have more of these. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Which more of that came from. <laughs>
0: yeah, and then my entire first album was just like stuff that I wrote for forum.
1: Yeah. Wow. And, uh, Awakening? Is that your
0: first album? No, Awoken is one of the songs on it. Okay. Gotcha. gotcha. Thanks for remembering that. Yeah. the entire no. I mean, there's only like two songs in four yeah. and like, not necessarily that's what I just like wanted to write. It was just like, it's a necessity.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It was like, sur- like creative survival mode, you know?
0: Yeah, it was like, yeah. I'll write something in 15. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to learn how to sing it. Before
1: yeah you. yeah yeah wow that's wild we did we did some stuff in at UNT didn't yeah. we We did like a few things I think
0: you played on my master's recital
1: I think so didn't I play acoustic guitar
0: yeah um well I'm sure I had you play like, a couple of things but I know you played with me on one of my recitals I just can't remember which one it was but I think it was my master's
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause I wouldn't have been there for your undergrad recitals.
0: Uh, yeah. Okay. So I want to ask you, um, uh, just like how you decided to go to grad school and how you ended up at UNT.
1: Yeah. So I was finishing up my undergrad and I was kind of like debating that thing that I think a lot of, I mean, I think a lot of people in our, um, in our, you know, like degree path kind of, we're in our field debate. It's like, okay, do I want to keep going to school or do I want to just like, you know, get some experience playing? Like, do I just want to become a practitioner of this? Do I just want to freelance or do I want to go back to more school or do I want to, um, Yeah, 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 exactly. You know? So it was like, I was kind of like weighing the options and I remember talking to a professor of mine and, I was like, like I kind of want to just like keep gigging and like I want to graduate and then like live in Columbus and like keep playing gigs and do that whole thing, and then go to grad school, like get some experience first, and then. And he was like, he was like, I think you'll lose your momentum. Like, just go right into grad school. And so I did that. Um, yeah. I'm, so that was like literally the, the the reason for my decision. I had a teacher tell me like he just kind of warned me like, okay, if you graduate and then you just start freelancing around here like it's going to be really hard for you to get that momentum back and go to school and i kind of i totally relate to that now because it's like the thought of me going back to school and getting my dma is like uh, do i i don't know if i could do that right now you know no what's, what, what's that
0: I've, I've thought about it a bit too like yeah. when he yeah. was finishing his phd i like oh. during his last year of his phd i was like if it, it if I'm going to get a DMA, it should be now. And yeah. Just thought, I just couldn't get back into that mind. Yeah. There.
1: So there's definitely something to be said for like academic momentum, like that momentum of being a student. So that's how I, um, I auditioned at two schools. I auditioned at North Texas and I auditioned at DePaul in Chicago. I got waitlisted at DePaul. And so that totally made my decision for me. So I went down to North Texas and, um, yeah, it was great.
0: Liked I
1: liked mean, it? I, I really liked, I mean, okay, so my thing about North Texas is um, it was super hot. I do not want to ever live someplace that's that hot. That was just like unbearable. I remember moving down there in like August and I was like, you've got to be kidding me.
2: You
1: know, I don't know, if, I don't know if I can swear on your podcast, but I was just like, fuck, this is so hot. And it was... Wait, what's that in
0: Arizona? So I see really offended by the humidity in Texas.
1: Yeah, it was unbearable. And, um, but yeah. Okay. So UNT itself was great. I mean, I loved studying with Fred. Um, I loved all the people I met there like yourself and so many other people. Um, it was just, it was, it was awesome. But I got done with, um, I mean, I got done with UNT and I was like, I don't like I I really didn't spend my time at North Texas like really like like um becoming a part of the DFW scene, you know, so I, I wasn't like gigging all the time like a lot of our colleagues were. Um, I wasn't like building up like a huge teaching studio. So basically I really had no professional reasons to stick around and I didn't really have the desire to like live there, you know. And so um, so I, my time there was just kind of like, okay, two years, I'm in and out kind of thing, you know?
0: Um, did you, is there anything you want to say about like how your artistry or creative identity or like artist identity, like what was the state of things when you left?
1: In terms of like my, my creative. Yeah.
0: Like stuff, know, yeah. we're getting into like the, the part of the podcast where we're going to talk about identity. So sure and and uh we're not that old so yeah. so like it, it was basically like you know what was it like when you finished your master's degree and then what's happened since then
1: yeah it was I mean writing music was huge like I'm so glad that I got into writing music like writing my own music and like forming my idea of like like what I want to sound like you know like this is like okay like artists x y and z are what i I and that's man that's the other thing like in my undergrad well being at north texas like exposed me to like so much more like the quote-unquote like modern jazz stuff like outside like the kind of the common practice 50s and 60s stuff that i was just like holy crap like like, what is this? Like people are like, this is jazz nowadays. Like people are like recording stuff that sounds like this and it's called jazz. So that was like huge. I mean, that's definitely one of the biggest musical things that happened to me being around, like being in an environment with that many more um, musicians was just like all like the new music that I got exposed to. Um, I had just never really checked out stuff like that before Um, and so and that definitely like came out in the way I was writing music around that time and I mean we're we were super fortunate to go to school with like so many amazing musicians that you could write something and like you would give it to like this like 18, 19 year old and they would make it sound so fucking good. (laughs) It's like, like what, like, how are you so good at what you do that I can just like bring this chart to you guys. And it sounds so cool, you know? And that was like so inspiring and it made you want to write more music and it made you want to be better at what you were doing. And um, that was like, so, so helpful in like me kind of graduating North Texas. I mean, not to say like graduating North Texas being like the Supreme badass, awesome, most awesome person ever. But it was like, Okay, I graduated there and I had written some stuff and I kind of like put a band together and I like recorded some stuff mm-hmm. and I felt like I like did something. Like I felt like I created something there, you know? So it's like in this in the sense where in my undergrad, I don't look back at that and I don't think to myself, I created something when I was there. Yeah. Like I yeah. said, it was it was just like kind of like like nuts and bolts, just chops, you know. And and that's not good or bad it's just what it is but then like north texas it's like okay man like i i created something there like i definitely like like went to a new level as a musician and as like a creative person that's great. through my time they there you know we recovered
0: so. some of that like um individuality
1: yes yeah exactly and it's like and it just gave me the motivation um to like just go forward and and kind of like keep doing that, you know?
0: So let's, um, let's like, let's just fast forward to like now. And will you tell, tell the listeners like what you do now?
1: Yeah. One more pause.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so will you tell the listeners what you are doing now?
1: Yes. So right now I am finishing up my, Seventh year, I'm doing it virtually. Finishing up my seventh year teaching at Wichita State University in Wichita, Kansas. Uh, I am um, my title here is assistant professor of guitar. Um, most of what I do is I teach uh, lessons, you know, to music majors and some non majors. So I'm ba- I'm like the only guitar teacher here. So unlike North Texas, where there's, you know, a handful of guitar teachers, um, I'm it here. So I teach the music majors. I teach all the non-majors, like the, like the nursing majors that want to play Taylor Swift songs and stuff like that. And, um, we have this cool new degree, like a bachelor of arts, um, in applied arts, applied media arts. Um, there's like three different tracks and you can do like an audio production track. So there's some like BA students that are doing that, that I teach. Um, And then I do a guitar ensemble, Um, I do some administrative stuff, I'm like the director of jazz studies, Um, I'm the graduate coordinator, so gradually, since I've been here, I've kind of accumulated more administrative things, Um, but yeah, finishing up my seventh year here, Um, just got tenure, so that's exciting. So so exciting. Yes, I'll be associate professor, you know, so... Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been good. I like it. And then
0: you're like doing some gigging, doing some writing, maybe have projects in the pipe.
1: Yep. So, um, I try to play here locally as much as I can. Um, I'm about three hours away from Kansas city. Um, a little further than I like, I mean, Kansas city has such an awesome scene. I try to do some things up there as much as I can. Um, but, uh, yeah, I just recorded an album in December that I'm very excited to, to have you singing on. So, I'm, excited,
2: sure.
1: I'm excited to hear those mixes when I finally get them back. Um, that's kind of my most recent, like creative, creative project is recording that. And that's a bunch of music I wrote back in 2016, I think when I was on an artist residency mm-hmm. down in Florida. A long
0: time ago.
1: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's kind of what's what's been happening.
0: So let's um let's talk about this identity stuff.
2: Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm.
0: I am so bad at asking these questions because like we were talking about before, with this like article stuff,
2: uh-huh.
0: everybody's stories are so different and sometimes people don't even know the things that about themselves that are the most mm-hmm. interesting to the rest of us because it's like it's yourself, so you think it's boring. yeah. Right. Um right. so um so maybe we can start with um i don't know i mean i just i like to talk about like what are what are the things about your experience as an artist that like maybe people wouldn't know i mean i think that's ultimately the question um
1: sure sure. you have
0: anything like right off the bat that you know you want to talk about
1: I guess it kind of depends. Well, let me preface this all by saying I will be equally bad at answering these questions as you feel like you are at asking them. (laughs) But so let me preface this by saying like, okay, so someone like you who is not me, who is like thinking of me as an artist or whatever, like what are you thinking of? Are you thinking of me like as a college teacher, like an academic? Or do you mean like me as a musician? Because that's the... I mean that's been the the thing about like I keep saying like being on this side of things in academia it's like you know it's like I still think of myself as a musician and like a guitar player and like that kind of thing, and I think of what I do in my my job like where, where I make all my salary like I think of that as like one part of what I do, you know yeah. me personally, like internally, but it's like. I think most people would look at someone like me and be like, oh, you're a col- you, you're a teacher, you're a college professor, you know, which is just interesting, you know, that kind of like perspective kind of thing. It's like, you know, and I think that's why, um, why I still say, and I still feel like I kind of just like fell into this position. Like I wasn't like, I, I wasn't really like hell bent on like, I have to find a college teaching game. Yeah like that's my identity you know
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: so um I I feel like I'm kind of trying to evade the question but I'm just curious like what like what are you thinking of
0: I think I more mean like not how other artists see you but like maybe just more like what do you like what do you think is like interesting about being a a creative or like you know I love to hear people talk about like ways that they're creative like yeah you know, I think most of us, like, that spend a lot of time doing, like, doing creative things uh-huh. we get, like, we get fuzzy about certain ideas. So I'm also just I
2: curious,
0: see. like, about, what are you, what are you, like, this is why, like, I don't know how to ask, it's just like, what's the meat of, like, what's going on behind the scenes of you?
1: Right, right, man, that's a good question. Um, I, I don't feel like I've been, like, super creative recently. Um, when When do I feel like I'm most the most creative
0: I, I'm sure you're creative with your students yeah
1: yeah i mean i mean that's that's great um I, I've never really like thought about that, but like creativity in teaching and the way I teach, you know it's like I love that. I mean, I love like thinking about how I want to present information, and I love like being challenged with trying to figure out new ways to to like get students from point a to point b like i feel like every single semester i kind of there's like certain things that i like rebuild and build back up in like a new way to be like okay how can i better do this you know like what um Like, how can I be more effective in, in communicating X, Y, and Z? Um, And that, I mean, that's like, I've never really thought about that as a creative process, but that's been such a creative process of just, because when I got this into this position, I really didn't have like, um, I didn't really step into like a guitar studio or a program that was like a well-oiled machine in the sense where it was like, this is what we do. This is the way we do it. This is the curriculum. This is what the students expect. Um, It was kind of just like, like, I can do whatever I want, you know? So it was like building something from scratch and then like constantly like going back to the drawing board and being like, I mean, it's just been like this constant project. I mean, it's like a, it's like a growing, it's like a, like, like a living organism that it's like, okay, how can I like continue to, you know, like make this better, you know. Yeah, like
0: I was, I was interviewing a a chef who runs this awesome Mexican restaurant in Dallas. Mm-hmm. He he said like one of the ways that he's creative is like he he'll be kind of like s- sneaky about how he like, motivates his staff and like you know he is getting them to like be creative themselves or to like have a certain type of culture or to like support each other in a certain kind of way and yeah. kind of puppet mastering that.
1: Yes. Yeah. Like
0: encouraging cult- a culture and encouraging <laughs> like types of little personal relationships. Um, and I think that is so creative.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. And I've never thought about, I think there's so many things that we do that we don't think of as creative until like someone else.
0: Why I don't know how to ask. this question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Until like someone, I mean, that helped me just there, like you drawing parallels between the, and that, and that's why I think it's so cool about what you do with this podcast, about how you're interviewing like so many people at different disciplines. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love to like off camera, just talk to you about like your process with that. But anyway, um, enough about you. It's all about me. No, I'm joking. Um, so uh, where was I going with that? Yeah. Just the, the whole process of um, like finding creativity, like kind of recognizing creativity in, in what we're doing.
0: What's what's like magic about your process that like nobody knows or what's super not magic about it? Like another one of my like favorite interviews, I, I interviewed this woman who's a sculptor and she was talking to me about like how she balances like, um, like intuition, like planning, like you know, which parts of the process are like totally practical and meticulous and which parts of the process are like very, like um, kind of magical. Um, so like, I don't Sure, know, sure. Or, or how do you find yourself like, you know, cultivating creative resilience or coming up with new project ideas? I don't know what it is, but like, yeah. yeah. Is there anything else that you're like, oh, I do this thing or?
2: Hmm. And
0: it's
1: quite a of I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do I come up with projects? Um, let's see. So I've got this album that I'm doing. Um, I mean, I think, like, the different situations that we get presented with kind of, like, create different, different like, creative challenges and, like, projects. It's like, it's, like, right now I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, like, what can I – like how can I create right now, like I can be writing music um, like like learning some of this like software kind of stuff that I was talking about earlier of, of like how can i um how can I continue to grow and create things and kind of fulfill projects um in this situation, and it's just kind of based on situation, you know um,
0: yeah it's like
1: yeah, it's- I don't know, I feel like I'm kind of dancing around your question. I don't quite know how to like dive into it. Because
0: so frequently people will be like, well, and then they'll like say something that's just like, um, but yeah, I mean, when I when I think about this artifice this artifice question, yeah. I really think it is, it's, it goes in both directions. There are things about what we do that would, bl- and when I speak we, I just mean professional creatives, like across the board. Yeah. There are things about what we do that would blow people's minds with how like Boring they are, I and mean, how much it's just like a dog. Like, it's like yeah, you just have to do it. You just have
2: to yeah, do yeah, it. yeah.
0: And then yeah. which parts of it are like totally creative? Like, which, like which parts are hard in a way that like people never know? I just, I don't know. I think it's important for people to just, I don't know, learn how to like be creativity in like more realistic ways because it's
1: special absolutely yeah and now I'm like feeling I mean now that you say all that it's like yeah like maybe like we as as like creative should like develop a better like vocabulary for like tuning into that and like expressing that kind of stuff because that's what makes it hard for me it's like I mean the fact that you're like okay so like what about The things like what is creative about the things that people don't see as creative, you know, and it's like I have a hard time myself as seeing as those things as creative. So I don't really think in terms of
0: that. It becomes routine for you because it's that like necessity, like it's it it, you have to do it. Yeah, and I also think that like as artists, you know, there is just such a mystique around what we do that I think sometimes we even get into patterns of like. Not answering questions well, like I know I experienced this where someone will be like, you know, what do you do, and I just say like I'm a musician, and then like I don't know what to say after that.
2: <laughs> uh huh. Uh
1: huh. Exactly.
0: Um, and I and I hear a lot of people talking about their process and using kind of magical words, and then when I push a little harder on it, they're like, well, okay, but actually, this is what I do. So yeah, I just ask that right. because some of that mystique, I think, totally deserves to be there, uh-huh. and, 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 but not for the reasons that it's there.
1: Right, right, right.
0: Uh, yeah. I just have maybe one last question. Uh, sure. Do you have any thoughts, like, you know, as a person who spends your, your you know, your profession um, getting other people ready to embark on, like, lawyers as professionals, do you have any thoughts about, like, value of art and creativity? Man.
1: Like, my thoughts on the value of art and creativity. Why
0: do you want students to do it? Like, what would, what, I mean, do you ever have to talk to, like, student parents about, like, why it's, like, I mean,
1: sometimes, you know, that's, I mean, those are, like, in a sense, those are like the most important question. I mean, they are they are like the most important existential questions. And they're like so often like the last questions that we ask ourselves because we get so like in the trenches with the minutia of everything, you know? Um, no, I mean, like me as an educator, I feel like I don't, and it could be that I'm so young and that I still feel like I have so much life to live. i got a lot too. And I feel like I share I feel I feel like I still share so many life experiences with my students just because of how close I am to them in age, to the point where like like I don't f- sometimes I don't feel comfortable being like the like the wizened person, like being like, Oh, this is how you yeah. these yeah. are like the big important, you know, questions that I need to- that I've found answers to and here they are you know um but it's like I don't know I mean all my students I just try to you know because it's like I mean Wichita State isn't you know it, it isn't North Texas and I have to like in one thing I kind of had to um just adapt to was that the students that I'm teaching they're not this like the not the types of students that I went to school with well you know, so it's, like, let me adapt to that, and let me, like, kind of meet them where they are, and, like, figure out, like, okay, why, like, like, we talked about, like, why each of us wanted to study what we studied, so it's, like, okay, let me meet these students where they are, and, like, figure out, like, why why are you doing this, like, what do you want to do with this, Um, and just trying to work, work them through that, um, and trying to, like, still, provide the same, one thing that's been hard is like, like providing the same sort of like excitement and like laser focus to this because it's like, okay, you get to the point where we're at and you've like seen life outside the horse blinders of like music school. And, And you look back on that and like, we were kind of like laughing at like how, laser focused we were at this thing but when we were in those in that situation it's like that was our entire world and so it's like like okay like now I'm on the other side of things and it's like I I see things outside of that but like I benefited so much from having that laser focus so it's like how do I balance that with a student and not like disenchant them with things um,
2: art. yeah yeah
0: well, yeah I mean yeah I think it kind of comes down to like how do you see success and like you know when we're talking about the value of art and and more specifically I I like to talk about the value of creativity I'm I'm so much more interested in um like the more abstract Types of creativity, like how we think creatively about people and people's pasts, and how we creatively imagine a future that doesn't exist, even if it's like a future that doesn't exist of like your guitar program, you know, like those kinds of are uh-huh. like, so like essentially human. They're so essentially like empathic, um, uh-huh. and I don't know. I I believe that like people who spend their lives in creative endeavors like understand those principles in a special way. Yeah. Which is why, I like, I like talking with creative people.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah,
0: um, that's you... why I'm like fired up about it.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I have nothing to add to that. You, were, you
0: were definitely. At <laughs> well, the very end, on this particular day, what is your dream collaboration? And you can include people who are not live or whatever you want.
1: Man, okay, my dream collaboration. That's a great question.
0: And it's hard to, it's hard for people to think of like the permanent thing. So just like, what well, sounds today?
1: I mean, can it be something that is like totally tangible that I might be working towards right now? I'm, I'm trying to work on a bunch of like stuff in logic. Like I'm working my way around logic and um, I hit up Katrina Kane and I'm like, dude, I love everything you've been doing. And I would love to like lay down a bunch of stuff and send it to you and and she was like cool let's do it so it's like i mean the the most immediate like knee-jerk reaction to you being like like asking the question about collaboration it's like that comes to mind because that's like literally something that's on my desktop right now you know um if you
0: could have like any like if you could just like do do a record of like you know not the one that you already did but like you know your next project anyone can play on it is there anyone you'd love like to be able to work with or to have worked with?
1: I mean, probably. I mean, Pat Matheny is definitely at the top of the list. He's like my goat. He's like my guy. Like I've
2: Maybe.
1: like Maybe. so much about the way I hear music is based on the way I've I've listened to his albums. Um, man, that's, that's a good question. That's a answer
0: like yeah. you don't need more than Pat Matheny.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of something i'm trying to Who plays think, drums? think of something more profound to talk about. what's that plays drums it'll just be it'll just be the two of us you know or he'll be his orchestrion machine yeah. we'll be playing everything that's else you know one of
0: the stuff that i love like yeah one of yeah. stuff is the stuff that like you know explodes my brain yeah yeah okay um tell everybody where to find you and that's it
1: all right um you can find me online at williamflynnmusic.com um you can find me on instagram at wflynn 13 i think um and you can find me at instagram at this like educational account that has long since been abandoned because i have just lost all steam and like um, putting content on that is called the jazz woodshed um i think it's still active yeah i haven't i don't know if you want to go down like a nerdy um educational guitar rabbit hole that's a cool that's a cool account but that's that's kind of all i have going for me right
0: now just got 10 so yeah pretty big
1: yeah like yeah there we go i can go into 10 hangover now what's that find you at Wichita State University yes yeah exactly I'll be I'll be teaching virtually you can't find me on campus right now because campus is closed but you can find me yeah Wichita State so well thank you so
0: much for talking with me
1: thank you so much for asking me I was I was honored I love everything you do creatively and musically and you're a total inspiration and hero and I was totally honored to be asked to to take part in this. Well, my
0: pleasure let's say bye to the listener and then we can just chat for a minute, yeah. a minute.
1: all right sounds good see ya
0: thanks for listening to artifice our music is by jerem hansen and artwork by sarah keel If you'd like to recommend a professional artist for an interview on the podcast, please send me a note through my website, emvocals.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks again. Have a great week.